we're now up to chapter 10. So if you brought a Bible with you, and I'm sure every body has brought their Bible with them this morning, we will turn to the end of chapter 9 and into chapter 10. This is what it says at the end of chapter 9. In view of all... I'll read just a little bit before that. He's praying. But you see, we are slaves today. Slaves in the land you gave our forefathers. So they could eat its fruit and the other good things it produces. Because of our sins, its abundant harvest goes to the kings you have placed over us. They rule over our bodies and our cattle as they please. We are in great distress. In view of all this, we are making a binding agreement, putting it in writing, and our leaders, our Levites, and our priests are affixing their seals to it. Those who sealed it were Nehemiah, the governor, the son of Hekaliah, Zedekiah, and all the others, written down there, which I know you will not remember if I read them. The Levites, Jeshua, and all those, the leaders of the people, Parosh, and all the the others. And now, verse 28 says, the rest of the people, priests, Levites, gatekeepers, singers, temple servants, and all who separated themselves from the neighboring peoples for the sake of the law of God, together with their wives and all their sons and daughters who were able to understand, all these now joined their brothers and nobles and to bind themselves with a curse and an oath to follow the servant of God and to obey carefully all the commands, regulations and decrees the Lord our Lord, of the Lord our Lord. We promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the peoples around us or take their daughters for our sons. When the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on any holy day. Every seventh year, we will forego working the land and will cancel all debts. We assume the responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel each year to the service of the house of our God. For the bread set out on the table, for the regular grain offerings, the burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbath, new moon, festivals, and appointed feasts. For the holy offerings, for sin offerings, to make atonement for Israel, and for all the duties of the house of our God. We, the priests, the Levites, and the people have cast lots to determine when each of our families is to bring to the house of our God at the set time each year a contribution of wood to burn on the altar of the Lord our God as it is written in the law. We also assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and of every fruit tree. As it is written in the law, we will bring the first fruits of our sons and of our cattle, of our herds and of our flocks to the house of our God, to the priests ministering there. Moreover, 
We will bring to the storerooms of the house of our God to the priest the first of our ground meal of the grain offerings, of the fruit of all our trees and of all the new wine and oil. And we will bring a tithe of our crops to the Levites. For it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all the towns where we work. A priest descending from Aaron is to accompany the Levites when they receive the tithes. And the Levites are to bring a tenth of the tithes up to the house of our God, to the storehouses of the treasury. The people of Israel, including the Levites, are to bring their contributions of grain, new wine, and oil to the storehouse where the articles of the sanctuary are kept and where the ministering priests, the gatekeepers, and the singers stay. We will not neglect the house of our God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> A bit complicated, that wasn't it? <clears throat> Um, uh, Jeff has been speaking about the, um, the rebuilding of the walls of, of the city of Jerusalem. And you might ask, what has, what has a, a story of a guy building a, a wall around Jerusalem two and a half thousand years ago got to do with me today? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> God can rebuild people's lives. God can rebuild local churches. God can rebuild his universal church. <clears throat> uh, so we've got to take the historic incident around this story and apply it to us today, to the, to the modern Christian era. Jesus said, didn't he, I will build my church. He said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And Paul, speaking about the church, he said that, it should be a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. <laughs> now, spots are the problem of teenagers. Wrinkles. <laughs> we don't have any wrinkles here. No. <laughs> They're the problem of older people. But what, what Paul is saying he said, Christ is one day going to present his people without spots and without wrinkles, absolutely fabulous. <laughs> Glory. To belong to the people of God in an absolutely fabulous um, array of, uh, of people. Now, I believe, I was saying to Jeff earlier, I believe at the Plymouth Christian Centre here, we are in a bit of a, a rebuilding process. <clears throat> Um, the wall of Jerusalem was now rebuilt. Um, so they were protected. The focus now comes on the people of God, the spiritual condition of the people. Um, Nehemiah had had Ezra the scribe read the Bible to them. And the Bible that they would have was far less than what we have now. Um, it would probably be the, 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 the first five books of, of, what we, of our Bible. That was probably all that they were talking about. The law. <clears throat> and the effect of reading the Bible was to make the people sorrow, sorrowful. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to be miserable 
before you get happy. Because when the law was read, they realized that they had broken the law. They realized that they were at fault. And so they were repentant. The word of God was having an effect upon their lives. Now, it's not just a question. Some of you are reading the Bible through in a year, and that's a great thing. But you just don't clock it up and say, right, thank goodness Leviticus is over, you know. <laughs> I'll go on to the next bit now. Um, the Bible is supposed to change us. Am I right or am I right? The Bible is, is the word of God to guide us, to lead us, to rebuke us from time to time, and to lead us into the truth and freedom that there is in Christ Jesus. And these people, when they heard the, the law being read, they said, Lord, we've, we've done it wrong. We, we, we're at fault. And... Uh, like the old spiritual song said, it's not my brother nor my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And they uh, were convicted. Now, the book of John in the New Testament, the epistle of John in the New Testament says this, if we confess our sins, he, the Lord, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John also wrote, he said, I've written these things to you that your joy may be full. And when these people heard the law being read and they were convicted in their hearts, the, the Nehemiah and the others could see that the work of grace had begun in their hearts. And so they said, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods, of sweet drink, Share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. After the moments of reflection, after the moments of confession, after the time of acknowledgement that we were wrong and God was right, and, and, and after the word had had its effect, the word comes to them, this is a day for celebration and for joy. Hallelujah. And praise God, we can have that ourselves today. <clears throat> now, the, as I said, the immediate threat of danger was over. And uh, these people, they said, we are going to bind ourselves with a solemn um, oath, a, a, a written legal document. 84 people signed it. Nehemiah, the priests, the Levites, the leaders, and the ordinary citizens adhered to it but didn't sign it. Wives and children didn't have the legal right to sign it. They hadn't got the vote in those days. They were waiting for Mrs. Pancras, is it? <laughs> to come. So... All these people, this, I found this uh, when I was looking at this the other day. The law governing law vows and oaths is found in Numbers 30. Uh, and it in, it's introduced with a word, 
words, when a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he said. Since an oath involves the name and possible judgment of God, it was not to be taken lightly. And of course, Jesus warned against empty words, didn't he? Jesus said, again, I say, you have heard it's been said of all, you shall not swear falsely, uh, you, you should not swear falsely, but shall perform your oath to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, or it is God's throne, neither by the earth, and it is footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, for whatever is more than these things comes from the evil one. He said, just live simply, let your yes be yes. Now, the old Quakers uh, who had a revival move, have you ever been to somebody's house and maybe you had a, a, a cake at the end and they say to you, would you like another one? Now, you want another one. <laughs> but you say, no, thank you. Hoping she will say, go on. <laughs> now, the old Quakers, if you'd said, if they'd asked you, would you like another cake? If you'd said, no, thank you, they would take that as being a fact. They wouldn't offer it to you. They let the yes be yes and your no, no. Jesus said, that's what you should do. Your word should be your bond here. <clears throat> um, should Christians bind themselves with an oath uh, to serve the Lord? Probably not. <laughs> it's not recorded anywhere in the New Testament where Christians... Uh, uh, bound themselves with an oath to be obedient. Our obedience should be a joyful response to all that the Lord has done for us in Christ. Oaths are often based on fear. I better do this or God will get me. Fear is not the highest motivation for godly living, although it does <clears throat> play a part. But it's good to make a decision to be different. It says in Corinthians, in um, chapter 7, um, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that defiles our body or spirit. Let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. And maybe as we're coming out of lockdown, I think we're going to be coming out of lockdown for the next 10 years, <clears throat> actually. Maybe we got a bit lax in our walk with the Lord. Maybe our prayer life suffered. Maybe our reading of the scriptures, our fellowship at the services to whom it may concern, sitting at home. <clears throat> Maybe we got a little lax in some of things like this. And we come and we say, Lord, from today onward, things are going to be different. I think that's a good thing. So what did they promise to do, these people that made this binding oath? They promised to be separate from the Gentiles. In 
first of all, in two ways. They said, we're not going to give our daughters to their sons in marriage, and we're not going to take th their daughters and sons and intermarry with, we're not going to intermarry with, with, with uh, them, and we're going to keep the Sabbath day. Now, they were promising to be different. How many of you know Christians are supposed to be different? Jesus was different. It says of him in Hebrews, he was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. Now, he was holy, harmless, undefiled, and say, it says separate from sinners, but there was no one more accessible to people who had missed the way, fallen away, sinned or failed or what have you. But his attitude was one of difference. There is a translation of um, Romans 12 by J.B. Phillips and it goes like this. <clears throat> Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Don't be like the world around you. Have a different attitude than them because we are the people of God. Peter reminds us, but you are a chosen generation. She said it this morning, the girl, didn't she, Amy? You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Mold. <clears throat> things pertaining morality and things like that and marriage. Hebrews 13 says this, and it's, I'm reading it from the, the message version this time. Honor marriage and guard the sacredness of sexual intimacy between wife and husband. God draws a firm line against casual and illicit sex. <clears throat> I remember a couple we were talking to uh, uh, some years ago when we lived, when we lived in Beeston, and they just got saved. They were living together, just got saved. And uh, Jean and I was uh, giving them a bit of marriage counseling <laughs> and of course we got onto the S word <laughs> and uh, oh they said well what we'll do because we're buying this house because we're buying this house and the wedding is about six months away I think they said we're not going to sleep together till the wedding well, I thought, that was a, I thought that was a work of grace in their hearts. <laughs> and every time, the next lesson we did with them, I don't know what we were doing. And she, she, the wife kept saying, or the future wife kept saying, we've been good. <laughs> <laughs> because Christians should be different. How many of us know that? We should be different. Um, <clears throat> in other things, uh, Honesty, tell the truth. <laughs> tell the truth and shame the devil. <laughs> Don't cheat the insurance companies. <laughs> Pay your debts. <laughs> My uncle, who was an Assembly of God pastor uh, years ago when he was alive, actually, but uh, he pulled into the garage and uh, one of his parishioners, one of his congregation was there. 
and he was chatting away to him. Then he went to pay. It was long before the pay at your pub thing, so he went into the office to pay, and the, the, the manager said, do, do you know that customer you were talking to? Yes, he said, he comes to our church. He says, he never pays me his debts, he said. He owes me a fortune. I thought, what a bad witness for a believer not to pay up. Christians should be different. Don't bear grudges. What does the Bible say? Be tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Now, you don't need to forgive the good guys, do you? You don't need to forgive those who've not done anything against you. It's forgiveness for those who have offended you, who have hurt you, who have maligned you. Forget. This is totally alien to our modern culture. The, Jesus said, forgive them. <clears throat> Don't, do not slander one another or gossip. I want to tell you something. From time to time, the church has a scandal. The pastor runs off with the organist. <laughs> we better not go there. <clears throat> but it's a it's, it's, it's a scandal for a while, the newspapers and all, oh, aren't they terrible? But the church recovers. I'll tell you something that eats away into a congregation. It's gossip. Have you heard? Do you say? I, I looked up what gossip is. Casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. The rumor mill. Oh, I'm nearly finished. Time is going and I'm... Are you all right for another couple of hours? <laughs> <clears throat> Don't slander. Don't slander anyone. These people, these in Nehemiah's day, they said, we're not going to be like the others. We're going to be different. Be a blessing community. Jesus said this. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the sons and daughters of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. And in the, 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 the message version, which is, I'm not a great fan of the message version, but I like it sometimes. He said, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friend and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. Jesus said, I'm challenging that. I'm telling you, love your enemies. Let them bring the best out in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish. To everyone regardless, the good and bad, 
the nice and nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out of your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. Hallelujah. So as we come out of lockdown, we don't want it same old, same old. We want to, we want to be a people of God that, as the Apostle Paul says, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Now, I'm just going to briefly, I've got 54 points, so, but I'm just going to do this one. The, the, the sub, maybe, maybe I'll leave that as well. It's nearly time. <clears throat> Is it all right if I do next week? Are, are you okay with that? <laughs> this is one we recorded earlier <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you I'm going to sing a couple of songs in a minute Andy's got up I asked him all to Jesus I surrender I think there are times when all of us need to say thank you Lord for what you did for me and because of what you've done for me, I am going to live for you. I'm going to be part of the kingdom people of God. I'm not going to, we're not going to intermarry. It's not a racist thing we're talking about here now. It's a spiritual thing. We're not going to be like everybody else around us. We, as far as I'm concerned, we are going to be different. Joshua said, something years ago and I hope we can all say it this morning as for me and my family we will serve the Lord as we come out of lockdown can you say it with me as for me and my family we will serve the Lord we're going to make it we're not going to write it down we're not going to have a legal document like those old timers did but we are going to say Lord I want to surrender to you. I want to be the man or the woman in the family of God that is an example, I hope, to other people around us that we are the people of God. Praise the Lord.